0: In this series that we have been going through for the last few weeks, it's called Basic Training, and I'm giving you the basics for growing in your faith in Jesus Christ. We've talked about trying to develop an intimacy with God, trying to deepen our faith. In the last few videos, I've given you some practical tools of putting on and and putting off and how you do those things. Well, now I'm gonna introduce you to the tools that God gives us to be able to do all that. So everything I've talked about is a process, and now I'm gonna introduce you to the tools. And the primary tools are the Word of God and prayer. And I know these are basic, and these next few videos I'm gonna give you, you may think are very basic, but they are so important because I'm gonna teach you how to use the tools so that you can put off your old life, put on your new life, grow closer to God, grow in your faith, all the things we've been talking about over the last few weeks. So today, I wanna begin, uh, and we're going to spend probably three or four weeks talking about the Word of God and how to use the Word of God. So today I'm going to begin by probably the most famous passage of Scripture regarding the Word of God, and that's 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. Here's what Paul says. He says, All Scripture, the Bible, all Scripture is God-breathed, and it is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God, the person of God, we as followers of God, may be thoroughly equipped, thoroughly equipped for every good work, or thoroughly equipped to live out our lives. So uh, imagine your life as a journey, and the guidebook for your journey to have a successful journey is the Bible. That's that's what it's for. And he says the purpose of the Bible is it's going to thoroughly equip us to live life. So. If you're struggling with how to live life, all you need to do is go to the Word, and the Word is going to thoroughly equip you for how to live life. I want to focus on a couple of phrases here uh, as as we get started. The first one is this phrase, God-breathed. All Scripture is God-breathed. Do you remember when God created uh, human beings in Genesis, and, and they were made out of the earth, and then it says that God breathed into them life? And what happened is out of these dead bodies, these, these bones, they suddenly became alive. Well, that's exactly what God does through the Word of God. Yes, the Word of God are words on a piece of paper. But He breathes into those words His Holy Spirit, and He brings them off the page to life in us. And so when I'm reading the Bible, I'm not just reading words on the page. In fact, I contend that the Bible's reading me. When I read, the, the words are coming off the page. God is reading me, and, and, the, and the Spirit of God is bringing those words to life and feeding my soul so that I can be thoroughly equipped to live this life. God breathed. I want you to think about, uh, if you've read the Bible a lot, you can read a scripture 50 times over 10 years, and every time you read it, you'll get something a little bit out of it. it, it it's like... God takes it and applies it to your situation today that was differently from the way He applied it six months ago or a year ago. And people who are students of the Word, that's why they, they keep picking up the Bible and reading the same passages over and over again, because it's alive and it's breathing. And it's active and it comes off the page and it reads your life and it reads your context. And then from there it comes into you and begins to change you and gives you everything you need to be thoroughly equipped to live life the way God designed you to live life. That's what the Word does. It's a supernatural document. Second thing I want you to notice out of this scripture is he says it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training. And that is what then thoroughly equips us to live life. So I want you to think about these words, teaching, training, and then correcting, rebuking. And let's, let's use the analogy of, um, let's say a baseball player. Okay, so a baseball player, the first thing he does is he has to be taught the sport. There's just some head knowledge that he needs to learn. He needs to learn the rules. He needs to learn about how to run the bases. He needs to learn how you score a run, the three outs. You learn about pitching. You learn about hitting. You learn about fielding. There's just some learning you have to do that goes up into your head. You just have to be taught. But then from being taught, you have to be trained. There's a huge difference in baseball between being taught the sport and then training to play it. You're lifting weights. You're you're eating right. And then you're out there catching fly balls for hours at a time and, and fielding grounders for hours hour at a time and, and, and uh, throwing the first base over and over again and, and swinging the bat and, and learning the techniques the proper techniques for swinging the bat and you're doing all that there's the teaching of how to swing the bat and how to feel the grounder and how to catch the pot fly and then there's the training where you do it over and over and over again till you become good at that sport well when you're on a team and you have a coach, then what the coach does is he's watching you as you're learning, he's teaching, as you're training. Sometimes he has to correct you. Sometimes, even in the major leagues, you know the batting coaches will meet with these guys and go, you, you know what, you've got your elbow a little too high. You've got a little bit too low. You need, to, you need to move the bat up here. He's working with each guy within his swing to get that bat where it needs to be. Baseball is about constant correction of technique, of of eye-hand coordination, of all the things they need to do to play the sport well, there's this correcting that goes on. And then every once in a while, and you hear about it on the news sometimes in the major leagues, uh, one of these guys will just get an attitude. And the coach is trying to correct him, but he doesn't want to be corrected, and so he responds in rebellion. And you know what comes? The coach has to rebuke him, has to set him straight, say, look, You're on our team, we're gonna do this our way. And sometimes you even see athletes and coaches and they end up parting ways and the athlete either gets out of the majors or goes to another uh, team, why? Because he can't live within the system and he he doesn't take rebuke very well. And so it's interesting that those four words apply to sports, it also applies to business. Think about a business model. Have a lot of friends who are realtors so you go, and, and you're taught, you go and you take the course to help you pass the national test so you can become a realtor. You're taught all of these principles about real estate and real estate law. Well, there's teaching, but you get and uh, you pass your test, and you get all that teaching, but it does, it's nothing about how to sell a house. So then you go to work for a broker in a real estate company, and you have to be trained on how to actually sell a house. There's a world of difference in real estate between learning for the test and training to sell a house. And so you have to go through the training. And then as you learn to sell the house and you begin to, to uh, work your craft and become better at your craft, your broker is always correcting you, helping you learn to do things more efficiently, uh, correctly, by the law, so that you can be a great real estate agent. And then once again, in that correcting, sometimes they'll kind of bow up They'll get a little rebellious, and the broker has to come down and go, in this company, this is how we do business, and you can either get on board or you're gonna to have to leave. And so, it's the same thing. It's, it's teaching, training, correcting, rebuking. That is a cycle to be successful at anything you do in life, at any sport, in any business. That's the, that's the road you have to take to be successful. That's what the Bible does for us. The Bible, through the Holy Spirit of God, is our teacher, our trainer, our coach. And what, what God does is, is He begins by just dumping some information in us. There's a lot of words in that Bible that we just need to learn. There's some head knowledge involved. That's the teaching. But head knowledge doesn't do a whole lot. You, you have to become a doer of the Word, what James says. You have to become a doer of the Word, and in becoming a doer of the Word, then you begin to train yourself to apply the knowledge of the Word of God to your life. And as you apply it, that's where you begin to see your life get better. That's where you begin to see life with a purpose and life uh, working out the way God wants life to work out for you. But along the way, do we wander off Absolutely, we wander off. We wander off from God's will. We get a little bit right or a little bit left or we get caught up in a sin or we start making some bad decisions. And that's when the Word really comes in and it begins to correct us and say, no, no, Brad, you don't want to go this way. Come back over here. No, you don't. You want to go over here, come back over here. And so it's constantly teaching me, head, training me in my heart to live life the way God's designed me to correcting me when I get off the path. And then every once in a while, I get this little rebellious streak where I kind of say, you know what, God? I hear what you're saying, but today I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do. And that's when the rebuke comes in, where God has to put his arm around me and say, son, let me tell you something, you're a part of the kingdom and you may think you're gonna go your own way, but I'm gonna rebuke you here and I'm gonna give you some pain if you don't pay attention. And so that's what God does through the Word of God. The living, active, God-breathed, supernatural Word of God is He teaches us, He trains us, He corrects us, and then when needed, He just flat rebukes us so that... Why? So we can be thoroughly equipped to live life the way God designed us to live life. You know why most people aren't living life the way God designed them to? You know why there's so much pain and suffering and hurt in the world? Because we're not paying attention to the training manual, the living, active Word of God, and living by it. We're living by the world standards, and we're living by our own flesh, and that's what causes so much of the struggles and the pain in the world. So he says, that's what the Word of God does. Now, second scripture I wanna read to you, and then we'll wrap this up. This is Psalm 19, one through 11. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of His hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech, they use no words, no sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the end of the world. In the heavens, God has pitched a tent for the sun. It's like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. Psalm 9, chapter 19 is, is a psalm that talks about the Word of God and how precious the Word of God is. And he starts with creation. And what he does is he gives creation a human voice. And so as I reread this, think about the words here he says, talking about creation as the voice of God. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the works of His hands. They pour forth speech. They reveal knowledge their voice goes out into all the earth. In other words, he says creation is designed by God to scream at us that God is our creator and that He loves us and cares for us. And just think about the beauty of the earth. Think about how close to God you feel when you're out in nature. Think about when you're out in nature and and there's no other distractions, the feeling that you get inside, the peace that you get, the awe of a beautiful waterfall or mountains, or a sunset over the ocean, Uh, beautiful stars in a night sky when there's no other light to, to dim them, the sunrise on a beautiful desert morning. I mean, it goes on and on and on. And God says, everything I've done there, everything I've done there, is I'm screaming to you, I'm proclaiming to you, I'm preaching to you that I'm the Creator, I did this all for you, I love you, and I want to walk through life with you. That's what creation does. That's the purpose of creation. And I think you intuitively know what I'm talking about by just thinking about how beautiful creation is and how you feel when you're out in creation. Then from there, he transitions and begins to talk about then the Uh, verbal Word of God, the actual Word of God. So, So that was general revelation, the general revelation of God, not through His Word but through creation. Now he's going to talk about specific revelation of the Word, the living, active, powerful Word of God. And listen to what the psalmist says. The law of the Lord is perfect. Listen to these words. It's perfect. Remember, this is the manual that's going to thoroughly equip us to do what? Live life. How we're supposed to live life, like we were created to live life. The law of the Lord is perfect. It refreshes the soul. I can't tell you how many times I've been discouraged, how many times I've been worried, and I go to the Word of God and I read it and it refreshes my soul. It revives my spirit. It gives me perspective. I quit worrying and put my trust back in the Lord. The Word of the Lord is perfect. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. Oh, I love that word trustworthy because right now we're living in a culture where I don't trust any media. I got to tell you, I don't trust any media. When I get on Facebook, I don't trust anything that's on Facebook. And then I go and I listen to the news or watch the news or read the newspaper or read an article online. I don't trust that either. When I hear something, I am so cynical now that I, I, I just don't know that I can believe anything. They're just not trustworthy. They've lied to me so many times and pushed so many agendas that they're just not trustworthy for me to listen to. I don't give them my attention. But the Word of God has never been wrong. The Word of God has never failed me yet. And so you know what? It's trustworthy. When I pick up that Bible and I begin to read, it's trustworthy. What it says I know is true. You know why? Because it's from the voice of God Himself telling me and equipping me to live life the way I'm supposed to live life. It's completely trustworthy as the manual for how to live life the way you're supposed to live life. Then he continues on. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. They're not wrong. They're right. They're correct. They are correct. He says the commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. It's like, it's like being in a dark room, and when you open up the Word and read it, it's like turning on the light bulb. And all of a sudden, you see everything in life clearly. Have you ever been confused about life, confused about culture, confused about where you're going, confused about your job, confused about relationships? You know what the Word of God does? It turns on the light so you can see everything clearly. That's what the Word does. That's why you need to be in it every day. It keeps you from getting confused. It helps you when you do get confused. God's communicating to you to thoroughly equip you to live life the way you're supposed to live life. So get in the Word and turn on the light. It will help you with direction on where to take your life. That's what the purpose of the Bible is. He continues on. He says, the fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. He gives two illustrations now, two word pictures to describe how precious the Bible is, how wonderful the words of God are. First of all, is gold. He says, it's more precious than gold. In every culture throughout history, the most precious commodity in that culture is gold. Wouldn't you like to own about three pounds of gold right now? It is a precious commodity. It's somewhere around, I don't know, $1,800, $2,000 an ounce right now. It's expensive. It is precious. He said as precious as gold is, the Bible is more precious. Because gold might can give you some value in this life, but the Word of God gives you value for this life and the next life. It's the most precious thing you have in your possession is the Word of God. Because it's words from the Creator itself coming off the page to tell you how to live your life. And then he says, it's sweeter than honey from the honeycomb. In those days, that was about the sweetest thing you had was honey. And he's saying, think about the sweetest, most decadent thing you can eat. Do you love chocolate? Do you love ice cream? Do you like a good fruit pie? Do you, do you like soda? What is it that's really sweet that you love? I, I love to drink Dr. Pepper. Man, and the first thing in the morning, I get a Dr. Pepper and I love it. Just love it. I love ice cream. I love those sweet things. He said the Word of God is sweeter than your favorite sweet thing you can put in your mouth. It's sweeter than that because that ice cream that I eat that I love so much, Well, I eat it and I taste it and it's gone. But the Word of God, when I feast on it and taste it, it's sweet forever. It's just sweet. He said it's more precious than gold and it's sweeter than the best dessert you've ever had. And then he finishes by saying this. By them, the words of the Lord, your servant is warned about what happens if you don't live life according to God's will. And in keeping them, there is great reward. Don't miss that. The Word of God is active. It is alive. It is God-breathed. And it is our great reward. And when I live by it, I'm thoroughly equipped to live life the way God designed me to live it. And I find contentment and joy and purpose and meaning all the things in life that we're looking for is found right there in the Word of God. So that's our introduction into this tool. Uh, next, next video, uh, we're gonna talk about how it functions in our lives. Uh, but I, today, I just wanted to give you, uh, I wanted to whet your appetite for how sweet and precious and powerful the Word of God is for your life. Let's pray. Father, thank you for reminding us how wonderful the Word of God is. Lord, I pray that we will use it more, that we'll pick it up more, and that as we read it, Lord, your Holy Spirit will take those words off the page and bring them right to our hearts to change us, to be the men and women you want us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a great day.